Are the Falcons for real, or will they look like fool's gold on their trip to the Big Apple to face the Jets? It's crossover Thursday. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Jets fans and Falcons fans. It's Crossover Thursday here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm John Butchko, the host of Lockdown Jets, along with Aaron Freeman, the host of Lockdown Falcons. Getting ready for Week 13 action, the Atlanta Falcons visit the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium this Sunday, a 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time kickoff. It's technically the 17th game because the, the when the league expanded the schedule a couple of years ago, they added one interconference game, and this year the 17th game is between the AFC East and the NFC South. Before we get into this game, you should know that this Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use code all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Well, Aaron, great to be with you. I think the last time we did this was two years ago. These teams were getting ready to play a game in London. Now we have some December football to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. I thought the Falcons did really well against Zach Wilson on that day. And unfortunately, they will not get the ability to do really well against Zach Wilson on this day. So we'll see how Tim Boyle, I guess, handles it. Although I imagine most folks in New York are talking about the other quarterback on the roster that may be potentially coming back this in the coming weeks, I guess. Yeah, you know, we talk about top stories. I, I guess for the Jets, it's Aaron Rodgers, who on Wednesday, the Jets announced that he was returning to practice and the way it works is that you get 21 days to practice with the team and you don't have to count against the 53-man roster and then at the end of that three-week stretch you have to make a decision either give him a, give him a roster spot or he's done for the season but I, I don't know I, I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers is actually going to play this year and I don't think it'd be a very good idea to be honest with you Aaron because the Jets don't look like they're going anywhere. You know, if this team was like right in the playoff race, if they were holding down the seventh seed or they were like, you know, a game out, they were right there. I could see it. Jets are two games out with six to go. They're in 15th place in the 16 team conference. I almost wonder like what the, what's the, what's the upside of playing Aaron Rodgers again this year? Yeah, I can understand that. Although knowing the Falcons and their tendency to give hope and optimism for their opposing team, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily kill that dream of Aaron Rodgers coming back just yet until after this Sunday, because it would not totally shock me if somehow the, the Jets came away with with a W here and all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, maybe there is a chance that we can bring Aaron Rodgers back and maybe make a push. Uh, you know, the Falcons are historically this sort of get right team. And I think that kind of leads into what their biggest story of the week is, is whether or not this team is for real or not. And when I talk about the Falcons, I'm not only talking about the team, but I'm also talking about the quarterback and Desmond Ritter um, because this was a game, this Jets matchup was a game that I circled like a month ago when the Falcons were going through their should we bench Ritter or not? And it was thinking my thought process then was, you know, they'll come out of the bye. Hopefully they'll play a good performance coming out of the bye against the Saints last week. They did. They arguably had their best game of the year coming out of the bye. But this game on the road, would really kind of tell us whether or not this Falcon team is a good football team or not, or, or really an ascending team, or what has been the sort of norm this year has been they've been pretty good at home and very bad on the road. 
And, you know, a lot of that stems from Desmond Ritter and he's pretty efficient at home. I think if you look at his adjusted net yards per attempt or Anya, he's an above average quarterback at home on a similar level to a player like Matt Stafford and Derek Carr, which isn't necessarily elite quarterback play, but for a first year starter, that's a pretty good spot to be in. But then when you look at his uh, efficiency, that same metric adjusted net yards per attempt on the road, he's at the bottom of the league. He's basically barely above what Zach Wilson's uh, efficiency is in that uh, regard. And, uh, you know, I'm probably not talking uh, to someone who's who's very familiar with Zach Wilson's struggles. So, uh, you know, that is a testament to those struggles. And part of the reason why Ritter has been so poor on the road is because he tends to turn the ball over at a rate almost twice as much as he does at home. And he tends to take a sack nearly three times the rate that he does at home. Um, and, you know, you look at this Jets team and one of the, the two things that they do defensively that they do better than most teams in the league is they pressure the quarterback and they create turnovers. And so that's a bad mix. And so I think this week is going to be a real telling on how far Ritter has come and how far this team has come if they can sort of avoid particularly the turnovers this week, which is something that they've struggled to do this year. Uh, and if they can sort of check that box and play a clean football game, they potentially walk away with a W and that will be another indicator that, okay, maybe Desmond Ritter could be their long-term answer at the quarterback position. Yeah. And I, I think that that kind of meshes with what, if we're going to get away from the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, but I think the top storyline of the week for the New York jets is, and that's, I guess it kind of it still kind of messages with Aaron Rodgers, but can the jets generate anything on offense? Because Right now, it's very difficult for this team to win games, even when the defense is playing well. And, you know, I don't think they've played particularly great the last couple of weeks. But, it, look, everybody knows what happened right before the half on Friday. The uh, famous, already famous, just a few days later, um, interception, pick six on a Hail Mary. But I, I think people kind of lost track of what happened in that stretch. With one minute and five seconds left in the first half, the New York Jets were down by 10 points. In the last 65 seconds of the half, they had a six, a pick six by by Brandon Knuckles. They had a second interception with DJ Reed, and they went into the locker room down 11. So two interceptions, one pick six, and somehow you trail by more after that goes down, of course, because of the whatever you want to call it. I've heard all different sorts of names for the uh, Hail Mary interception, and I think there's a lot of bad luck with something like that. I don't think that was necessarily an egregious failure by anybody, but it's kind of a microcosm of the season. It kind of, you know, sometimes when you're having a bad season, sometimes when you're having a really bad stretch of football, something ridiculous happens. You know, if you go back to 2012, there's that famous play where I don't even want to name, tell you that name where Mark Sanchez mm. slid into one of his um, offensive linemen and fumbled and the Patriots ran that back for a touchdown. And it kind of got like, like I just told you, it kind of got lost in the shuffle that, that was part of a, a one-minute span in that game during the butt fumble where the Jets allowed the Patriots to score touchdowns when the Jets were on offense, when the Jets were on defense, and when the Jets were on special teams. And you just have these ridiculously bad stretches in seasons like this. I've seen so many of them with the Jets. And it's to the point where this offense is so ineffective that I don't know like how the Jets can win games unless the defense is producing a ton of turnovers. Um you know, in the four wins the Jets have had this season, two of them came in games where they produced four turnovers. And I think this is a good defense. I, I don't care how good your defense is. You can't count on that. And the Jets really, I don't think they have many answers. Um, now, they've had some bad luck. The offensive line's been beaten up. They've had to 
shuffle guys in and out all season long. It's been very rare. You've gone two straight weeks with the same offensive line combo. The offensive line that played last week resembled the type of offensive line you'd see in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. Um, You know, guys who are, you know, bottom of the roster type players who are on this offensive line. You combine that with a skilled group that's got a good, one good back in Brees Hall and one good receiver in Garrett Wilson and not a whole lot else. You combine that with Tim Boyle at quarterback. You know, Aaron, you said you're disappointed. You haven't seen, you don't get to go up against Zach Wilson. Let me tell you something. You're going to really love Tim Boyle if if, if there's anything like what we saw against the uh, Miami Dolphins because this was a guy who just didn't look like he wanted to throw the ball more than five yards down the field all game. That the Hail Mary was one of the few times before garbage time that he actually threw the ball, uh, you know, past more than 10 yards. Um, It's just really bad on offense. There's not really much redeeming on this offense. So with the Jets, can you scratch anything out? Because this is a defense that can, it's good enough to win most games. It's just this offense can't get anything going. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the big challenge for the Falcons where you give that offense opportunities by turning the ball over as frequently as the Falcons have done this this year. And if they can play a clean game, as you say, it, it, you know, it doesn't feel like the Jets are going to really have the firepower uh, to be able to put up enough points. And and basically the Falcons, their biggest problem is they tend to shoot themselves in the foot. And so basically if you can just not pull the trigger on that gun on your hip or whatever, uh, that proverbial gun on your hip and shoot yourself in the foot, like, you know, just, just leave it in the holster. Like you don't have to shoot it. You can just leave it in holster. No one, no one gets hurt. And that's kind of how the Falcons should try to play this game. And and we'll, I guess we'll see, you know, when we break down some of these matchups, whether or not uh, they can play that way. And we are going to get ahead to, to some of these key matchups, but ahead here on this crossover Thursday of locked on jets and locked on Falcons, where Aaron and I will tell you the key battles on both sides of the ball. We're looking at. This episode of Locked On Jets and Locked On Falcons is brought to you by Prize Picks. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections on Prize Picks across football and basketball from the Specials League. That's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or different leagues. For example, you can pick LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three pointers made and prize picks. And you may want to know what prize picks is. Well, prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and charts, you pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And now prize picks offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted and prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with this injury insurance policy go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match of up to 100 again go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match of up to 100 using prize picks this is a crossover edition of locked on jets and locked on falcons i'm john butchko locked on jets alongside Aaron Freeman, the host of Locked On Falcons. We want to thank you everydayers for tuning in and thank you for making this show your first listen every single day. Aaron, let's talk key matchups. What do you have your eyes on in this week 13 game? Well, it's it's all about the trenches um, because I think where the Jets potentially can sort of assert their will in this game is along their defensive line with the Falcons offensive line that has been up and down this year. Now they're coming off a game against the saints, which was arguably their best game of the year. Obviously they ran for a lot of yards. And I think that's going to be their game plan again this week, 
because I don't necessarily like the matchups when it comes to holding up against this Jets pass rush, uh, where Caleb McGarry typically struggles against speed. And that's basically Bryce Huff, Will McDonald, all, all the guys that they have uh, off the edge basically are, are tailor-made to, to, to give Caleb McGarry a very rough day. Um, and, you know, you have Matthew Bergeron. And a big reason why I think the Falcons rushing uh, game was so successful last week was because it was really the first game that their rookie left guard and Matthew Bergeron was a positive factor in the run game. Um, and this week he's going to be challenged going up against Quinnen Williams, who often lines up on that side of the defensive line. And we've seen Bergeron struggle against some of these premier D tackles that he's faced this year, Jeffrey Simmons, Kenny Clark, uh, Jonathan Allen, et cetera, uh, this year. And so it's going to be a challenge for Bergeron to kind of stack another really strong game going up against Williams this week. And so it's going to be pivotal for the Falcons to be able to run the football, I think, in this game because they don't want to get into third and longs where this Jets pass rush can pin their ears back and and really give this offensive line a lot of problems. So the question is going to be whether or not the Falcons can run the ball against the Jets who have a generally solid run defense from what I gather. It's not necessarily elite or anything like that, but you know they're going to be based off of the game that the Falcons are coming off against the Saints. They're going to be geared up to sort of stop that run. So that's going to be the big challenge. If the Falcons offensive line doesn't basically get their butts kicked in this game, um, that in, in, you know, hopefully will do much more of the butt kicking. Although again, if they just kind of break even, that will be a win. I think in the Falcons book that will allow them to play the style of offense that they want to play. Yeah. I have a similar mindset. I look at Bijan Robinson versus this jets. I guess we call it the front six because the jets play most of the time in nickel. Uh, I really love Bijan Robinson and I am not a big fan of drafting a running back early, but Heading into the draft last year, this was the guy I really was hoping would fall to the Jets at 15 because I, I just think he's such a fantastic talent. And this Jets defense, as you mentioned, it's not a bad run defense, but they've had some hiccups through the season. And they've especially had, over the last couple of weeks, they haven't been great tackling in space. You know, they've they've had some, some issues there. And that's that's where that's what worries me in this game is uh, you know i think that this jets defense is built to give the pa- falcons passing game some problems you know you talked about desmond ritter some of the question marks you've got heading into this game and you know, the jets i've always said that i really like as many issues as i have with the way the jets offense is built i think their defense is built really well because they're they've got a lot of quality players and a lot of depth on the defensive line and a lot of quality players and a lot of depth at the corner position and I've said frequently on Locked On Jets that if I can only be good at two spots on defense, I want it to be defensive line and I want it to be corner. Now, fortunately, the Jets are are good in more than those spots because they also have two linebackers in C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams who are having Pro Bowl caliber seasons. But I, I worry about the sloppiness of the Jets tackling lately. Um, and you know, some of the some of this has come after games have gotten out of hand. So maybe it's been situations where you know players have. You know, players maybe have lost their focus a little bit because they they knew that the Jets were on their way to a loss. But I, when I look at this, you know, as you mentioned, I think this Jets defense is going to have to force turnovers to win this game. I think if the Falcons play a clean game, it's going to be very difficult for the Jets. But the the one matchup that scares me is Bijan Robinson versus this uh, Falcons uh, versus this Jets 
defensive front just from the standpoint as much as i like the guys on the jets defensive front first of all the defensive line is built more to get after the passer than this to stop the run jets lost al woods a number of weeks ago probably their best run stopping defensive tackle i don't think the, the run defense has been as good since he left the lineup and Bijan robinson is just such a fantastic talent and then you flip things on the other side of the ball and i'm just very worried about this jets offensive line as i mentioned it's a, it's a shaky unit it was a unit that had a lot of question marks, even when everybody was healthy at the start of the season. I look at some of the interior defensive linemen the Falcons have. Uh, you've got uh, David Oyamata. You've got the ageless wonder, Calais Campbell, who was rumored to be a Jets target this offseason, going up against an interior of a Jets defensive line that's got uh, you know we we don't know who's going to be playing there because the jets may be getting welcoming mckay becton back this week so they may kick max mitchell inside you know mitchell hasn't really been great at guard or tackle lake and tomlinson's had a very difficult uh year with the jets joe tipman rookie center has been okay you have xavier newman who's started a couple of games and really not been very good you have issues because first of all i don't think the talent level is that high but second of all on the offensive line you have a spot where chemistry matters and the Jets are when you constantly change the guys every week, it takes a toll on your line play. And I think it's taken a toll on the Jets this year. Yeah, definitely. I think Anyamata is kind of the alpha on the Falcons defensive line with Grady Jarrett out for the year uh, due to uh, ankle injury or whatever, some leg injury. I can't remember what it was, but um, you know, I think ACL, that's what it was. <laughs> ACL, uh, the, the, the most, you know, Famous or infamous, I guess, uh, leg injury. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping Anyamata will kind of exert his will in this game when it comes to because you know you mentioned it with with Tim Boyle and the style of play. I suspect that the Jets are going to play a similar style of game, which is try to run the football, get into some third and manageables type of situations uh, with Tim Boyle, and, and you know his propensity to check the ball down won't be as bad an issue if it's third and two and third and four as opposed to third and ten or uh, longer. So um, I think this Falcons defensive line has the work cut out for them, but I do like potentially the favorable matchups with guys like David Onyemata and Clays Campbell on the interior, especially against this Jets interior offensive line that, as you mentioned, hasn't played great. And you couple that with the musical chairs that they're playing hasn't, you know, helped things in that regard. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think this goes, goes even deeper with the Jets is that I do think it's kind of a philosophical thing with Robert Sala. And you can make you can make an argument whether it's the right move or not based on the way this team is currently constructed. But I think Robert Sala is very much the type of coach who views any drive that ends in the kick as a good drive. You know, he wants to trust his defense to go out there and win games. He wants to win the field position battle. And, you know, he wants to win games like 13 to 10. And, you know, I think I don't think it's a great approach in the modern NFL. I think that you can make an argument based on the way the Jets roster is constructed with the lack of offensive firepower with all the talent on defense. Maybe for this specific team, that's how they have to play. Um, I think maybe they lean into it a little bit too much, even with those factors. But it's going to be, I think the Jets, this Jets offense is going to be limited no matter what. Part of it's just going to be designed. I think they're not going to take a lot of chances. I think in some ways, Tim Boyle's the quarterback that they want in there because, you know, they, even though he, I shouldn't say he's not going to turn the ball over, but he's going to play very conservative football. And, you know, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to, he may make the big mistake, but it's not going to be take, taking a reckless gamble. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, you know, I've seen Tim Boyle put in work against the Falcons when he was with the Detroit Lions, and he started a game in replacement for Matt Stafford, and the Lions nearly won that game, um, which, 
you know, he, he threw an interception at the goal line in the final seconds, and that was what sealed the win for the Falcons. Uh, so I, I am not underestimating Tim Boyle because I've seen Tim Boyle nearly beat uh, a Matt Ryan-led Falcons team back in 2021. And I feel like this Jets team is much more talented than that Lions team. And I like to also believe that this Falcons team is much more talented today, but they don't have Matt Ryan. And so um, we'll see sort of if, uh, you know, Tim Boyle can get his revenge this week uh, against the Falcons. Um, but uh, I guess that's will be something we'll, we'll talk about sort of in as we wrap up today's episode, uh, talking maybe about some sort of keys to victory and give some final predictions. I love it. The Tim Boyle revenge game. We're going to get into that as we continue this crossover Thursday edition of locked on jets and locked on Falcons. We'll give you our predictions and whether Tim Boyle gets that revenge against the Atlanta Falcons. So guys, good, bad, or in between, it is tough to root for your favorite team on an empty stomach, especially when there are teams like the jets and Falcons that frustrate you so much. And you want to order food when your team is winning. So you can celebrate. You want to order food when your team is struggling so you can get that little pick-me-up, and DoorDash is the way to do it with the unbeatable deals for your watch party, your tailgate, or whatever you want to do to get game day ready. All your favorite restaurant stores from retail to grocery are available on the app, and you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, don't forget to use that code LOCKED23, L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3, for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Our episode today is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot at FanDuel. And right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And Jets fans and Falcons fans, let me give you the line for this Sunday's game. Even though it's at MetLife Stadium, the Falcons are three-point road favorites. This game has an over-under of 34 points. It's a very low over-under, although... I don't know. I still, Aaron, I'm still tempted to take the under in this one watching the Jets offense this season. Uh, So, you know, if you're a Falcons fan and you're confident, if you're a Jets fan and you you want to take the points, remember FanDuel gives you $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Their app is really easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John, the host of Locked On Jets, alongside Aaron, the host of Locked On Falcons. We've given you the key storylines for these two teams. We've gone through some of the key matchups to watch. Aaron, how do you see this one playing out? Well, I, I think this is a low-scoring game. Um, it's you know, you talk about Robert Sala wants to win a game 13 to 10. He'll have an opportunity because I, I do not expect the Falcons to have to put up the points that they need to. I just think this Jets defense is going to be a tough matchup for them, um, given, you know, the, even though they do have weapons, um, you know, as you mentioned, Bijan Robinson's, I think, going to have to have uh, a, another really brilliant game 
uh, to be the guy that can match up most favorably. Maybe we get a sprinkling on Kyle Pitts like the last time uh, we had. He had a big game in that London game two years ago. Uh, but I expect Sauce Gardner to pretty much lock up, you know, Drake London in this game, but would love to be wrong in that projection. So I think this game is probably going to be very similar to other games the Jets played like earlier this season against the Patriots or against the Raiders. And I think that Patriots model is kind of the blueprint for the Falcons success, run the football and and try to win this game, you know, 13 to 10. I think the Patriots won that game 15 to 10 and, uh, you know, play clean. Don't turn the ball over. Um, you know, if you can just run the ball effectively, make enough plays in the air kick a bunch of field goals you know you can win that sort of low scoring game and as i said turnovers will be key you just can't gift wrap tim boyle and the rest of this jets team any opportunities any short fields because as you say a lot of the points over the last couple of weeks have been off of turnovers whether it's a pick six whether it's a short field all those various things and so if you can just play a clean conservative run heavy boring type of game i think that plays to the falcons favor but they just haven't done a great job doing that. But I, I ultimately do think in the fourth quarter, it's going to be close. And I have a little bit more confidence in Desmond Ritter than Tim Boyle at this point to make the plays uh, that the Falcons need to make to win this game. So I got them winning this game like 13 to 10. Yeah, I can't disagree with you, Aaron. Uh, you know, you brought back a bad memory. I completely blocked this out, but you mentioned Kyle Pitts in that London game. And now I'm remembering the Jets lining up wrong and, Somehow getting John Franklin Myers, a 300-pound defensive lineman, one-on-one against Pitts in that game. I, re- I remember that was that was a topic of a couple days. We, we went on over that for a couple days on Locked On Jets. I still don't think I'm quite over that. Um, I just don't have a lot of confidence in this Jets team right now. And I, I hate to say that I saw it coming, but I remember doing these crossover shows the last four weeks. A, a couple weeks back, I said, I know when I see a Jets season falling apart. You know, I've been following the Jets for three decades now. I I've seen this happen a lot where the team just doesn't have confidence. In fact, part of me, like the conspiracy theorist in me is wondering like, did Aaron Rodgers come back to practice because like, they're just trying to like inspire that to get people fired up or something like that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just, maybe that's a little too far out there. I, I, I'm going to, I'm not going to endorse that conspiracy theory, but I just don't see where the offense is coming from for, for the Jets in this game. I think if they're going to win, they're going to have to do what they've done in two of their four wins, and that's forced, I don't know, three to four turnovers. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Bijan Robinson on the ground will do just, you know, he'll, he'll get just enough done. I think the Jets will make just enough mistakes on offense. Uh, Jets special teams, which was excellent the first, I'd say, half of the season. The last couple of weeks, they've really they've they've gotten much shakier. Um, I, I don't have as much faith as in the close game as I did at the early stage of the season. So I think 13 to 10 sounds about right. I think I'm definitely going taking the under on that 34. It's, it's crazy to say you take the under on the 34 point over under, but yeah. I think I'm going to because I just don't see how these teams are going to combine for 34 points. So I think you got it about right, Aaron. I'm going 13 to 10. I think the Falcons, you know, continue this run. Maybe they can maybe they can steal the NFC South this year. Well, you say the Jets need to turn the ball over, get about three takeaways, and that's definitely possible with the Falcons and some of the games that they've played this year, especially on the road. So I, I wouldn't put it past the the Jets defense being able to do that uh, if the Falcons, you know, their typical road performance shows up again. And again, that goes back to what I was talking about earlier, where it's like you want to see some progress from this team. Again, I don't expect them to go out there and drop a 30-burger on this Jets team. I just need them to just play a clean football game and you know if it if it is a you know 13 10 type of ball game a 14 13 type of game 
you know, as long as they play clean, like I'll take that at this point for this team in this matchup. So we'll see what's what with both of these teams on Sunday. Yeah, and I, I was thinking back through these, the history of these two teams, and I remember they played in like a December game. I think it was 2009, Rex Ryan's first season, and the, the Falcons won it. Falcons won it on like a late touchdown from Matt Ryan to Tony Gonzalez on fourth down. Yeah. And that was like, it was a very low scoring game. It was a game where the, I think the Jets messed up. A, I think the Jets like missed three field goals in that game. Maybe one was blocked. They had a bad yeah. snap on another. It was a sloppy game. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was something, something resembling that in this one. Yeah. There's been a couple of those games with the, between the Jets and Falcons. I recall one, maybe in like 2017, it was a rainy game. Um, and, and that one was another one that wasn't necessarily the greatest game. I think the Falcons did walk away. So I guess these ugly games, the Falcons find a way to to pull these out. But we'll we'll see if they can continue that mojo and continue that trend on Sunday. Well, Aaron, it was great chatting with you. Always enjoy these. We got we got to do it. You know, we get to do these two years apart because of the seventeenth game. Usually, we have to wait four years for this. But it's always great chatting with you. And wish you luck the rest of the way. Maybe you guys can pull out that NFC South. Absolutely. Hopefully, the Falcons will be a team that actually deserves to make the playoffs and not just be the the best worst team in a terrible division and we'll we'll see how that goes but uh, I think this game will tell us a lot more about whether this Falcon team actually is decent enough <laughs> to, to merit uh, a playoff spot uh or you know whether or not they're just you know faking it until they make it well, Jets fans, I'm John Butchko, the host of Locked On Jets. He's Aaron Freeman, the host of Locked On Falcons. Hope you've enjoyed this crossover Thursday show. Tomorrow, Aaron and I will preview the games on Locked On Jets and Locked On Falcons. We'll see you then.